Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life podcast. Austin Linney here. We have the pleasure of having Mr. Lee Schro- uh, Yoder here. I'm, I don't know why I said Schroeder almost, but Yoder. How you doing, my brother? Doing great. How you doing? Doing good, man. So, so we've never officially met. I saw your I saw your post on LinkedIn, and I had a great idea because you did something. Was it Wednesday? Was it yesterday or the day before? Yes, yesterday was my last day. Yeah. You did something that people spend all their goals, all their money doing, and fight, fight, fight. What did you do yesterday? Yesterday was my last day with my W-2, my job. So I was able to quit my full-time job yesterday. And go into real estate full-time. Take another full-time job in real estate. (laughs) But it's your job, and that's what's important. So just paint a picture, and then we'll dive into the podcast part of it the feeling, right? I'm sure there's like some, a lot of emotion, but also like, holy crap, we're here. I mean, I would imagine it's a, it's a, whole, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's all those things because, um, I mean, I'm a risk taker and, and a, a gambler. Maybe that's obvious, you know, having done this, my wife's not, is not. Um, so when we're talking, when we've been talking about this, you know, for, for a good year, it's, it's been very easy for me to talk about like, Oh yeah, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, quit my job and then we'll be full-time in real estate and we'll, you know, I'll work for myself and it's going to be great. And like the closer it got and the more real it got, I started having those, you know, some of the feelings that she's been having all along. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. You know, that like, how, how does this work? What if it doesn't work? You know? Um, so yeah, there were all those feelings. I mean, and so when it really, you know, yesterday um, I'm a home health physical therapist. So I was going out and doing my last, I only had one visit yesterday, but going out and seeing, a patient, you know, for physical therapy treatment in their home, you know, for the last time, it just, it's one of those things, like it just, it's still sinking in. Um, I just still feel like I need to be scheduling patients to, to go back out and see them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have to. That's something I always do the night before. So like just not having that to set my schedule, you know, I didn't have to set my schedule for today. Last night, by calling patients, I get to, you know, decide I'm, for myself what I want to do. And it's, and it's more than that for me, Austin, too, like, because I, I still want to work. It, um, I woke up at 430 this morning, you know, ready to go, but I'm doing all the stuff that I'm really passionate about. So it's really so much more of that for me. Now, I'm at home. Um, I was home for lunch today uh, with my wife and my son. My daughter's at school all day. But um, yeah, so it's all the, you know, it, it's awesome that way. But really, it's, it's, I have so much excitement that I get to work full time in something that I love almost more than the excitement of like quitting my job because I, I still want to work. But yeah, the fact that I get to, you know, call the shots and, and do something that I'm really passionate about, that's really exciting for me. And the reason I wanted to highlight it is, you know, a year, uh, I would say about a year or seven months ago, I finally believed in something strong enough to leave a 20 year career in hospitality and everything. And, 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 mm-hmm. you know, we had a lot of success early and then, um, I lost a lot of money, <laughs> but, uh, but 
but you know, as my coach would say, you have to believe in something so great that it, that it almost, as he would describe it, like rocket ships you out of this comfort zone level. And I think yeah, right. the reason I describe it that way is because I think that's where a lot of people live most of the time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you have to almost like, and that's why I think it's funny because it sounds great a year ago. And then I'm sure the last month it's been like, oh shit, what are we doing? Right. And, but, yeah, but at the yeah. end of the day, there's so much excitement that that can carry you right for the first couple of months. And, but, mm-hmm. but let's, let's back it up. Cause I, I want to talk about how we got here. Right. So sure. kind of share your story, start where you want to, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So I, I left like a, a busy, but well-paying corporate job four years ago, um, knowing that, so I went you know, I, I was in the office making really good money, but being very busy. So really no chance to do anything in real estate, but I didn't have my mind toward real estate at the time. But as I was thinking, maybe I wanted to leave this corporate job because it just wasn't a good fit uh, for us as a family, you know, that, that building, building your lifestyle, it was not a good lifestyle for our family. It's not what we wanted. I enjoyed the work while I was at work. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have enough time at home. We're building a family. We have young kids. My wife was, was kind of drowning as a stay-at-home mom. And so I knew I wanted to make a move. So four years ago, I went back into home health physical therapy where I knew I would have the time and energy and capacity to get into real estate. Because while I was thinking about leaving, somebody turned me on to real estate, read the rich dad, poor dad, went down that rabbit hole and was like, yes, okay, this is what I want to do. So I left four years ago. I took about a year to, to really get into it. Three years ago, I started in real estate um, investing, flipped a house. So that's not investing, just flipping, but did that, flipped a duplex. And then it was just a year ago, Austin, that I bought, well, a little over a year ago now, it was last August of 2019, that I bought my first 16-unit apartment building. Okay. Uh, just my just my uh, in-laws um, were a money partner on that. And I had a mentor that I gave some percentage because he helped me get started. And then a month and a half later, we bought an eight-unit. And then like a month and a half later, we bought a 10-unit. And it's really just been this past year, we've been repositioning those 34 units between three buildings. And originally my goal, Austin, like a lot of people was, I need to replace my income, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a great goal. Um, it takes a long time. So when, when you're buying um, multifamily, even single family, it, it does take a lot of units to actually replace. Because we live in the Midwest, um, we are frugal we probably only spend like 50,000 a year. That's mortgage, everything. I mean, we bought in 2012. We've got a, our mortgage payments like 650. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so our expenses are very low, but still $50,000 a year. Um, or actually our number was 60 and that's being very conservative, but our number was 60. So $5,000 a month in income that it takes a long time to get there. So my, my thought process started changing and plus this market's crazy. So Really what I ended up doing, Austin, was I said, okay, what if I sell one or two of these apartment buildings? Because okay. we did so much to, to add value. Would that give me enough um, of a runway to, because you go, okay, I need 60000 a year. I need to get that in passive income. Well, we had an opportunity on one of the, one of the buildings, just one of them on the 16 mm-hmm. for my wife and I to make enough to, to, to pay our expenses for two years. So that ended up being the plan was to sell the 16 unit, take out all everything because we, we really, we basically doubled the value of that property and, and use that as the runway. So the 16 unit closed two weeks ago and I put okay. my two weeks in on that day 
um, that, that we closed and we got the check. So we that. And then the eight unit, uh, the appraisal is next Monday. Um, the 10 units a little ways away, but we're actually going to sell the eight unit too. So we kind of exceeded our goal. The 16 unit would have done enough for us to give us. That's way better. Tear it up. For a minute. Yeah, no, no worries. So you said this, the 16 unit would have gave you enough, but you decided to sell no. that, that other one. Yeah. 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 So we're selling the eight unit as well. So it'll give us even more of a cushion. So now, um, and I, I, I acknowledge this is a little bit more risky, um, but Basically, what, what we've what we've done, what we've set ourselves up to do, is we're going to have enough money um, in our account to to pay our expenses for at least three years. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got three years uh, to, to get this thing going to get enough other ones. Um, we're under contract on a forty-five unit, but we want to keep you know keep building. So because it, it does take a lot of time, but now we've got the capital to work with. We've got a team. We've got investors to go after these bigger apartment buildings to build up that passive income. But you know, as you'll hear from a lot of people. When you're buying multifamily, the, the cash flow—it's not—it doesn't make you as much as, as some people think. Really, your your network your net worth um, is increased when. Yeah, I was just saying that. Like, the, the plan changed a little bit to instead of replacing our income through through the monthly passive income of the rental, you know, rental units, we we sold and realized all the income, all the equity to to set us up with this runway to now build up our portfolio to get that passive income number. No, I 100% agree. And this is something I rail on. And I just had this conversation with a buddy the other day. And I think this is one of the more important conversations that will ever be spoke about on real estate is too many people. uh, There's a couple of things I want to hit there. One, he had the opportunity to leave a job with a toxic environment. And his big concern was replacing the income that he spent his whole life working up to. And what I was trying to explain to him is, yeah, but you're also 43. Let's talk about the lifestyle you're going to lead. And if you're happy with your environment and maybe you make 20 grand less, who gives a shit? Right. But there's, but but there's an ego play where, where I worked forever to get up here. But if you had something else, meaning real estate or something on the side that could supplement that income where you could have the lifestyle you want. Now, now to touch what you did, Somebody dreams their whole life to get the 34 units, but understanding that you can leverage out those units to give you the runway that you need to go buy bigger properties. And, and they want to mm-hmm. hold on to it and cherish it because they want to talk about, well, I have this many units. That's yeah. not important. What can the units do for you? Well, what it just did for you is it just gave you back three years of your life. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, so like you have to look at it from that context. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it just to, you know, I'll just give you some, some pure numbers on the 16 unit, you know, it, with things were doing really well, cause we, we totally turned it around. So it was, and we have it professionally managed. It was functioning really well. So, you know, we're set to make my wife and I, our portion, cause we have 55% of it with our investors. Let's say we were going to probably cash flow about $15,000 per year. Okay. So that's a great, that's a great start, right? That, that's, that's a start. Cause like I told you, we're trying to get to 60 per year. Mm-hmm. So 15, great. You know, we can do that. What is that? Three and a half times, four times. And, and we're there, but yeah, four times, but it's going to take some time to, to get four more, especially in this market. Where, where are we going to get them? But also it, like I said, we would, we're going to make about, I don't know, 110, 120, somewhere in there uh, when all the dust settles. So to me, it's like, yeah, so we can make 15 a year. Um, in, in, in five years, we've made 75. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're still not there in, in, in nine years, 90, 40, we're, we're close. So it's going to take nine years to make the cash flow that we could make when we sell. Now, yes, you do pay taxes. It's long-term capital gains tax. So it's only 15%, but mm-hmm. you got to factor that in. But I'm looking at it like, yes, it, it's going to make us great cash flow. But if mm-hmm. I can make today, let's take out the taxes. Let's say it's, let's say it's, you know, seven years. If I can make or six, if I can make today what I can make over the next six years, what can I do with that money over the next six years? Mm-hmm. Double it, triple it, quadruple it, right? By doing this again mm-hmm. and getting into more. So it just became this thing. Yeah, that 15,000 a year is good, but I, I just believe in the velocity of money. If you can, if mm-hmm. you can sell, realize that income and put that to work and do something with it. Now we have to live off of some of it as well, but during this time we can put it to work for us. I think make a lot more than we would just holding on to it. And also, not to get, not to get too well. I don't mind because it's my show. But mindset wise, it also yeah. gives you the this added benefit of understanding that there is not an option, but to create, yes. but to create more wealth from that wealth. So you're so you're yeah. almost like positioning yourself in a corner, knowing who you are to like drive you forward, which people don't do enough. Right. They, they just yes. live in, they live in comfort, air condition, all these things, you know, Netflix, yeah. like you're, you're saying, here's the thing, this is what I wanted. So in order to do that, I've got this capital to work with. Now I'm going to go out and, and make more capital with my capital. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love, I love that. That's so true. Awesome. That, that I, I want that pressure, but also that I can now singularly focus on that. You know, my, my job in physical therapy, it didn't take a lot away from me because it's not something you know, I had to think a lot about, but it's still, you know, I'd be focused on the real estate. I would have something going on and then I had to leave and, and go do some visits. So I couldn't really solely focus on that. Now that my, that's my sole focus. I can put all my energy, all my passion into that. I just, uh, I'm confident that, that the results will follow, that we'll be and, able to do so much more. Now and something, how many, how many kids do you have? Two. And something that's not talked about enough because dad is living for dad and he's a fully invested in what he's doing. He's going to be not that you're a ba- not that you're in a bad mood, but you're going to feel more fulfilled. So that in turn makes yeah. you a better husband, a better father. Yeah. You can be more present. Yeah. So there's so many things that's not talked about, you know, because I don't, I don't discount a W2 job. That's where people get it messed up. You know, entrepreneurship is the hot ticket item, but I have friends that make 300 K a year and they don't have to do much. And I'm like, just keep the damn job. Like, you know, and like, yeah, you know, right, leverage, right. leverage out the partnership. Right. Like, because I, I did an Airbnb talk last night. That's my specialty. And I think okay. people don't understand the different classifications of investing and what, how much it taxes your life in different ways. Right. Yeah. And, and what yeah. I mean by that is if you're going to get into wholesale, you can do it as an, as an older person with kids and everything, but that's really a young man's game. It, you know, Airbnb is not for somebody that has multiple jobs, a bunch of kids. It can be done. Mm-hmm. Of course it can be done, done the right way. But we don't look at my big thing that I always say is people build a business and then they build a lifestyle around it instead of deciding yes, what their lifestyle right, right. is and building a business around the lifestyle. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think to your point, Austin, there's people where, yeah, working a W2 gives them the lifestyle they want. Cause like you said, if you, if it's not real stressful, if you like leaving at the same time, every morning, getting home at the same time, have, you know, you have dinner with the family at that time and, and it's relatively stress-free because it, it, I'd say being an entrepreneur, I think I'm going to have a lot more 
just financial stress because the burden is all on us, you know, with the, with the income of the physical therapy, it was just always there. I, you know, I knew what I had to do. I had to go out and see some patients and I'd get paid and now that's not going to be the case. So, but my, yeah. And I, I, I love the idea of your, your podcast, Austin, and, and uh, you know, the idea behind it, because that's exactly what my wife and I have talked so long about is, yeah, what do we want our life to look like? Let's start there. And I, I think you're so right. That That's where you want to start. And for us, you know, we, we homeschool our kids. Um, my wife stays home. We have, you know, some acreage. We have some chickens. We, we like being home. We want to have this, this life at home. I want to be home and be a part of that. I want to have the flexibility. So I, but again, I, I really like to work. So I, I like to work. I, I like to work plenty of hours, but we, we want to have the flexibility and then control um, with our kids being homeschooled. That gives us a lot of control. They still go to school twice, two days a week. Uh, it's like a hybrid program, but mm-hmm. it's Tuesday and Thursday. So we have four day weekends every weekend. And like, we want to go out and experience things and do things. And, you know, when you work for yourself, you can do that. So mm-hmm. we want to work very hard. Uh, and another thing that's kind of cool with, with real estate for us is like my wife and kids can be involved in it. So they can, mm-hmm. you know, we can work as a family. We can kind of be a team and go that way out. So I, I love that idea. And that's, that's really what's led us to this point is that we wanted to build a lifestyle and, and going full-time into real estate, being an entrepreneur is allowing us to, to have the lifestyle that we want. Yeah. It's, it's funny, right? Because you know, I think I asked you when we messaged, like, are you going to take a day to like, let, let it sink in? And you're like, no, I'm already, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Because, yeah. because something that, that cracks me up is like, I travel a bunch, like, like a lot, um, to, you know, my dream is to own properties all over the world. But like when I'm in Costa Rica, like visiting my coach and like, I'm down there, like I'm looking at real estate, like I'm looking at, you know, like mm-hmm. I met some brokers down there, I'm, you know, maybe a hotel in the future, like something like that. Right. And, and people text me and they're like, dude, just enjoy your vacation. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, this is my lifestyle. Like if it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, I'm always, I might not be buying, but I'm always looking, I'm always listening. I'm always hearing. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that I view fitness. Like I've lost a bunch of weight after I, I got sober. Like I heard Brandon Turner say this and I thought it was so poignant, you know, when we set goals on fitness, we're so worried about like how much we're going to bench or what weight we are and everything. He's like, my goal was to be a person that worked out every day. I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't say I worked out five minutes or an hour. I said, I worked out every day and I was a healthy person. And when you build that framework, then it's pretty easy to succeed and it, and it becomes who you are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The results will fall. You know, that goes into, in physical therapy, I was always teaching people that, that idea, like this just has to be a lifestyle. And, and once it becomes a lifestyle for you, then you actually do it. I say, it, it's got to become a pattern. You won't back to the working out thing, but I think work thing. And I, I'm so similar Austin. Like I said, I keep saying like, I really enjoy working. So it's never my goal to stop working, but I want to work when I, when I want to work. I mean, there's times that, that on a Saturday, it really makes sense to get some work done. Whereas on a Tuesday, it doesn't, you know, um, on a Wednesday, Wednesday is one of our big homeschool days. So that's my morning with my son while my wife homeschools my daughter. So I take all Wednesday morning off. So that's what works for us. Whereas Saturday might be a better time to get work done. And so again, just having the flexibility of schedule and being able to create our own schedule and our lifestyle allows us to do things like that. So again, I'm not working less. Um, I'm not, I'm not being overworked. I don't want to be one of those guys, um, I mean, to me, what's the point of like, oh, I quit, but I'm still working 100 hours. I'm I'm not doing anything like that. I'm working hard. I'm working, you know, 
40 to 50 hours a week, you know, that's it. I've got plenty of time with my family, but it's, it's on our schedule. Well, put it this way, and you'll understand this because you're a physical therapist and you've seen it. I'm, I'm getting older. I turn 39 next week. I work out a lot. Like I'm doing 75 hard right now. I was, I'm a cyclist. I, mm-hmm. I train for Ironmans. We, nice. especially, especially alphas, we do the things that we see that moves the needle, but yet we discredit stretching and a rest day, right? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Because we don't see the value in it until we get old enough to understand that ultimately the rest day and the stretching actually makes you better when you work out. Right. And so that's in life in general. And what I mean by that is you can take off a Sunday and I promise you, if you take your foot off the pedal, you might be more rested headed into the week. Right. And this is the number one thing I've had to teach myself because I am a hard charger, but, Mm -hmm. but I, wound up overscheduling myself and I get flustered and then I have to, you know, reel back. So this is like the number yeah. one thing I work on. If, if you understand yep, that. Absolutely. Concept. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm personally, I'm a, a Christian, a Christ follower. And I, I think God gives us Sabbath day for a reason. I mean, yeah. God knows yeah. how he created us. It's absolutely a reason. I love the idea that you're saying, I mean, sometimes it's a rest to recover, but a lot of people say, no, Sabbath should, the rest should be to springboard you into the week. Uh, because I think God wants us to work very hard and be very productive, you know, mm-hmm. for his kingdom here on earth. But he knows that we need that rest day. And you're so right. You mentioned Brandon Turner. So they had somebody on the Bigger Pockets podcast that um, wrote a really good book. And I um, I can't think of his name right now. But he Is was saying how Nure? you can't. Yeah, maybe. But it, the, the point was, he said, you can't you cannot come up with anything new unless you're bored. <laughs> he said you have to have enough space. Yeah. Because, you know, like you, Austin, you're, you're hard charging. You're constantly thinking about these deals. As long as you're thinking about that stuff, how could you come up with just a brand new thought? But yeah. if you take enough time to rest and you're sitting there on a Sunday kind of bored, that's when a new thought could come in and go, hey, what if I actually transition my business and do something a little bit differently? But you cannot have those thoughts if you're hard charging because you're just in the moment. You've got so much to think about. You can't let a new thought come in. So, yeah, I think that's really important. And yeah, you got to be – I'm. I'm liking, you know, you talking about this because once you design your life now that I'm like um, doing this full time, making my own schedule, like I, I think I'm gonna have to build stuff in. I'm like you, I, I want a hard charge. There's always, there's always yeah. more to do, right? Like there's always something I can do and you almost have to like build that space in. And for us, that's, that's Sabbath day. We're pretty good about that on yeah. Sabbath. I think, yeah, I think you got to. I was, I was reading this morning and he said, you know, too many, too many, be, too many people are living a life to survive instead of actually living, right? They're just trying to get yeah. to the next day. You're, you know, I, I tell you what, sure. if you haven't, if you haven't read it, game changer book from a, from a, you know, I, okay. I, I, I kind of cover all the, the religions. Like I'm cool with all of them. And, you know, I kind of like take everything in and, and I have my own beliefs, but he was a big preacher in Dallas and he wrote a book called, it changed my life called the, the, the ruthless elimination of hurry. And, and what oh, he's, okay. what he said is he said, when God made earth, wind and fire and all that shit, he said on the, on the seventh day, he didn't say, and he worked again. He said, he said, that doesn't work that way. But, but we think, right. And this is what I, so I coach a lot of young kids. And, and one thing I tell them, this is my favorite thing to do with them. I mess with them all the time. I said, uh-huh. you, you're 23. I said, you have like 65 years. Where are you trying to get? What's going on here? Like <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're if you live your life on legacy, 
instead of what you made in a year, then you don't have to rush anywhere. And, yeah. and, and, and when you, when you reframe it and you stick it in that box, right. And, and more importantly, when you make your why so big and it revolves around what you can do for other people, then if you create wealth for them, I would imagine that your wealth is going to be even greater. Right. And I, and I, I think sure. people need to yep. get out of their own way sometimes and understand that, that, that if you're, if you're struggling or you're stuck or you can't seem to break through that wall, do something for somebody else. And I promise you something will snap loose inside of you and, and you can go yeah. keep going on your way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I love that about real estate. Also, I, I don't know what your experience has been, but mm-hmm. it's a great community of people that are generally interested in helping others. And cause it is a team sport, like so many people say. So typically it really helps to partner and have people working with you. So the more you can do that, yeah, it, it definitely ends up benefiting you. You yeah. help somebody else there's going to be a way they're able to help you or just that relationship. They introduce you to somebody. Yeah. The more you can do for others. It's definitely so I, I don't, I don't want to discredit cause I could talk about mindset and lifestyle, the whole thing, but I, I in the last couple of minutes here, I want to add some value to the investors out here. Cause a lot of my guys are newer. You know, you did a flip. Mm-hmm. You said this is great, but it's not a really investment. It's a, it's a transactional flip and, and get out. Yep. Did you buy? Did you buy single families in there, or how did you jump all the way to sixteen unit already? Like, was there fear? Like, did you just say we're just going to do it? Like, you know, kind of walk us through that whole scenario. Yeah. Well, when I when I you know was still at the corporate job, Red Rich Dad Poor Dad started listening to everything, getting on all the podcasts, like so many you know so many guys and girls do. You know, okay. It, it already felt like to me, I think very early on, maybe even before I did the flip, I'm listening to some of these guys. They're like, it's multifamily, man. Like go bigger. You can go bigger than you think you can. You can do it faster. And so many people would be like, you know, they'd ask them, you know, if you could go back and tell your 25 year old self something today, what, what would you say? And they're like, man, I would have said like, go bigger, faster. And so I always had that in my mind. So I knew I wanted to go multifamily. I don't, I'm not a good manager. I knew I didn't want to be a landlord. Um, I did um, kind of ride around. So you were driving around, you said? Uh, what, what, uh, so I, I talked about the, the flip that I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were kind of asking how, how I scaled. So um, I don't know where you lost me. I, when I was at... Um, so, so, how, so how you basically decided to forego single families and just boom, bought a 16 unit just like that. Yeah. Well, I think I was, so when I started learning about real estate, um, so many people I was listening to were saying, you know, if they could go back and talk to their younger self when they were just getting started in real estate, what would they tell themselves? And they, so many of them said, I would have, I would have went bigger faster. And they said, you know, everybody thinks they can't go big fast and you really can. And so I, I already had that in my mind and I knew I really didn't want to be a landlord. I didn't want to manage, um, residents and stuff. I, I, uh, kind of job shattered a couple of guys in my town that owned a bunch of units and they had, you know, boxes of keys in their car and they're managing all these properties and they're going around and they're the landlord for all of them. And it was, uh, I just knew I didn't want to do that. So I still kind of had that limiting mindset. So I thought, well, I got to start small. Uh, my wife and I were, were also kind of worried about like finances. We didn't have a ton of money or anything. So we did decide to start small and flip the house. But you know, you kind of mentioned it before, but just realizing very quickly it's just a job. And, and I had just left a busy corporate job. And when we were doing the flip, so I took a whole year of just doing home health, physical therapy, very laid back job. My wife loved it. Great for the family. I was bored out of my mind. I wanted to get into real estate. Once I did the flip, it was just like I was back in the corporate space. So busy, 
stressed out, right? Like tons of the time. So my wife, you know, I was selling my wife on this real estate dream, you know, this lifestyle dream, like you talk about, and we're doing the flip. She's like, yeah, this isn't it. Uh, this isn't what you told me about. Like this, this is like, you might as well be back at your corporate job. This is no fun. So uh, that cures of that pretty quick that, yeah, we didn't want to do that. Um, so that, so still we kind of want to go small. So we did a duplex next. Um, we did kind of flip that property. You know, we rehab both sides, but we got it rented and it's just such a small example, but it's kind of that proof of concept where, you know, each month we had two, we had great residents in this, in, a, in our hometown. They were right down the road. I may, I did manage it myself. Um, and you know, they paid us every month. Um, they didn't ask us for much. And, and you just get that little taste of that, that passive income and like, okay, this could be sustainable. And again, because of the market, because I wanted to go bigger, I sold that, made a good profit and rolled that in. But um, really a big part of the answer to your question, Austin, is I got part of the, the local RIA, the Real Estate Investment Association of, of Cincinnati, where I live. And they had a, a focus group for apartment syndication. And that's where I kind of found a mentor, you know, the guy running that focus group was, you know, he, he showed us how to um, kind of start underwriting deals. I mean, I basically had a concept of it already, but it just gave me a lot more confidence. And then I just, I jump online. I mean, you, you know, LoopNet, you know, some of these where they say, you know, where deals go to die. And I'm like, well, that's probably where I'll be able to get one. Cause I'm not going to compete with these other guys. So they're, you know, Hey, LoopNet's where all the deals that all the, you know, those, the, the good investors passed on. Okay. Well, that's probably, those are the ones that I'm going to be able to get then. Mm-hmm. So just started underwriting those deals, calling some brokers, um, eventually found one that it was, um, that I really kind of did like, uh, and something like, you know, just give you an example. I think they wanted 440 for it and I offered 350 and, um, they were trying to sell for like a year and a half, had it under contract a couple different times and they end up finally agreeing to my price. So that that's really what it's about. I got a mentor that made me feel confident underwrote deals, found one, made an offer, stuck to my price and, and got it. And all of a sudden here I am with the 16 unit, like, just blew my mind. So there's so much there and I could hit on seven different things and I will hit on a couple of things. But what I find has to be interesting is, is we all go, this conversation keeps going back to the same thing. I have a million friends that make 30, 60, hundred K off some wholesales. And if you're yeah. not comfortable in who you are, that can mess with you. Like, I'm going to go do that. Like, you, you, you know, you're like a dog when they let you out of the, the cage, you're like, I, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go do this, you know, but you have something that works. You can see it in your brain. And then you win a route that other people said, don't go there. And, and the, the reason I say that is I have a friend, Nick, uh, I'm not going to say his last name cause I'm a screwed up, but he's in the Jake and Gino group and they have like 600 or like 800 units. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason he has those units is because he went to enough meetups and everybody said, don't buy apartments in Austin. You can't find a deal. Don't buy apartments in LA. You can't find a deal. And where do they buy the deals? Austin and LA. Because yeah. he said, he said, well, <laughs> nobody, nobody's looking. Well, then I'm going to do it. Right. Yep. And to your offer point, I interviewed a guy who does, he's an off market specialist. He sold uh, a $60 million deal on his first deal. He sold a $132 million deal last year. Right. And you know how, you know, you know how he does it. He finds their email and he throws, he doesn't even write anything else. He goes, if I gave you 6 million, would you sell this? And they send normally send a message back saying you're out of your mind. This baby's worth 18. And he goes, well, what if I offered you 16? And so now you've got them, you've got a price out of them without doing it. And And that's how he got the first $60 million deal. And I'm like, 
What? And so my buddy's been using it, one of my coaching clients, and he's got a guy that talked to him for the first time. He's been trying to get a hold of him for two years, and now wow. he might. And now he might sell the deal. So you know, understand that if you go in with the right mindset and you're always optimistic, if something good. Ha- what if? Right? What I always tell everybody: What if something good happens? You never know. And and maybe that offer you made, they would have said, screw you. But maybe a year from now, they would have said yes. Yep. And so you have to keep that dialogue open at all times. Yep. 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 Yeah. If you don't make offers, you can't buy anything. You know, if you don't underwrite, then you you know, you won't know what offer to make. And and um, yeah, a lot of people will say that, like, fall in love with the process. Just keep keep mm-hmm. doing the process. Something will break loose. But if you're not out there, you know, um, you mentioned Brandon Turner. And, and I, I love that he always says, you know, people will come to him and like, well, I, you know, I haven't bought any deals. Oh, well, how many offers did you make? Well, it made a couple. Well, how many deals did you underwrite? Well, I didn't underwrite any deals. Well, how could you ever buy a property if you're not underwriting deals? You know, you can't even make an offer if you're not underwriting and you can't get one if you're not making offers. So you got to, you know, you got to start doing those things. I had, never get a deal. I had a, I had a guy call me. I met on the golf course about a year ago. I didn't even remember who he was. Uh, but I knew he wanted to get in real estate. I kind of remembered him after he called me <clears throat> and he went on for like 10 minutes about like, well, I mean, it's this property and it's this. And, and he's like, what if I offered him like a low ball and I did like 30 grand and I was like, well, have you made an offer yet? And he goes, no. And I said, then what are we doing? You're, you're, <laughs> you've created seven different scenarios and you haven't even yeah. got an answer from them. You don't even have an offer in. So, yeah. you know, be careful when you reach out to somebody, like make sure that you've done your homework, like underwriting and stuff. And I'm about to do a podcast rant on presenting offers to investors. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think people understand that you have to, you know, I was just, I just interviewed one of my friends yesterday and the first wholesale she ever did, she got, she get this, she went online and she got, you know, like, like the window people and the foundation people give you like, Hey, if you use our company, you get a free thing. Well, she used yeah. all the companies that would do free. And then she went back to the seller and showed her the work, gave her the reports, got 20 grand off and sold the property in a day for the price that the investor, that the lady sold it to her. And she made 15 grand. She was a stay at home mom. And, but she did the work ahead of time to show the seller, yeah. like, this is what it's going to cost. Like, do you want to yep. do this? No, the seller inherited the property. I don't want to do that. And guess how much she paid? Nothing. Cause they did it for free. Yep. So, yeah. you know, Google. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. No excuses, man. Yeah. That's awesome. hundred percent. Well, dude, I appreciate you so much. If people want to find out about you, if people want to uh, get in contact, how do you, how do they find you? Yeah, we, we've got a website, jump on our website, threefold REI, like realestateinvesting.com. Um, I, I do a podcast as well. Uh, we focus on real estate, faith and family. And it's a lot like, like you Austin. the, the idea is, Hey, real estate to me is a great vehicle to build well. I love it. I'm passionate about it. So I bring people on the show, interview people that are also passionate about it. But then to me, it's like, okay, but why are we doing this? Right? Like for me, it's my, my faith, you know, being a Christ follower, trying to live for God and my family. So we got to keep that in perspective. Like how are we building a real estate business and building our life so that we can, you know, keep our priorities straight. So um, come, come check out the podcast. If you want to email me, uh, it's info, I-N-F-O at threefoldrei.com. Love to hear from anybody. No, I love it. And I want to I want to leave for this cuz that point makes me think about something I said to one of my coaching clients this morning. He goes, "Why would I read that book? Like I already talked to myself positively." 
And I said, well, you're not reading the book for you. You're reading the book for all the people that you're going to help to understand where they're coming from. And I think Mm, in life, I think in life, like, you know, when I, when I got sober, right. Like I didn't need to go around like pecking at people and saying like, you should be sober, but like me just living my life and intention and who I am has allowed other people to feel strong enough to get sober. And I think, you know, understand that maybe not everything's for you, but by leading by example for your kids, right. They have yep. a, a, a father, you know, and if it was me, like when I have kids, like they're going to be buying real estate at like three years old, I'm going to be like, we're going to have you set up <laughs> by like 18, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause like we know what we know now. And it's like, dude, you can do it just like that. Yep. <laughs> They've got such a long time horizon. They can <laughs> sit there and wait. <laughs> yeah, dude, you get just the compound interest on those properties. You'll be good Absolutely. to go. Absolutely. Yep. I appreciate it so much, guys. If you like this episode, make sure you send it with your friends, guys. And we appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learn. For show notes, resources, and more information on -on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.